Hi filmmakers, welcome to Film Making Stuff where we show you how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. My name is Jason Brubaker and I'm talking to you from sunny Southern California. I'd like to welcome you to the show. I'm going to start this one out by asking you a question. Have you ever met an excusaholic? Have you ever met that one person who seems to always have every reason he can possibly think of as to why he can't get his movie made? And you know the person I'm talking about, right? It's the one dude who's uber critical of every film ever made except for the movies that he says that he's going to make someday. Now, this is a person who no matter what movie they see, there's always something wrong with it unless they tell you how they would do it differently. Wow, right? Now, I've met tons of these people. Um, the whole trend started when I first moved to L.A. I was surrounded by people who told me they were filmmakers. I even met this one guy who had a business card that said producer, but the only thing he ever produced was his ego. Still, interesting thing about that guy is he still manages to get these big-time producing jobs with various companies, and he gets paid a lot of money, but hasn't produced anything yet, not even a short. Then, if you've ever gone to the American film market, which I did, I actually met some dude there who was claiming that he was Quentin Tarantino's producing partner. Now, I smelled a lot of BS when he told me that. And, you know, I walked over to the side and I opened up my phone, which incidentally has the internet. And, you know, within a few seconds, I found out that, in fact, this guy was full of BS. No surprise there, right? So I want you to picture this. When I first moved to L.A., I'm meeting all these crazy characters. All of them are talking a big game. And... I'm a pretty straight shooter, so I just assume other people are straight shooters, so I believed a bunch of the nonsense that I was hearing. And it's really easy to do. I think you come to Los Angeles hoping that big shots are just walking around, waiting to get approached by complete strangers, ready to hear movie pitches out of the blue. You know, but after a while, you start to realize that the movie industry actually only pays attention to people who are hardworking, who take action, who end up making their own movies. Nobody wants to hear a pitch from a complete stranger. There's just too much of that stuff floating around. Of course, every once in a while, you become that guy. and <laughs> Or at least you become the guy seated next to that guy in the burger joint, which leads me to my own embarrassing story about how I was that guy. So I want you to picture this. One day, I'm sitting in this burger joint, and Michael Mann walks in. Now, Michael Mann is a pretty big director. I'm sure you might have heard of him. Uh, he does a lot of studio-level stuff, and suddenly my buddy gets all excited, and he's like, that's Michael Mann. And he says it a little bit too loud, and, um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Uh, and I'm cringing. So Michael Mann uh, makes a beeline straight to the bathroom. And my buddy and me, we suddenly become those morons that I was talking about earlier. Actually, my buddy was more of the moron here, but I'm guilty by association. So I'm going to take responsibility for also being a little bit moronic. And I'm sharing this with you as a cautionary tale. Now, keep in mind, I was still new to Los Angeles. So this was way before I produced produced my first feature film or all the years I've spent actually working professionally in film distribution, I was just still really new to the whole thing. So, you know, you think I should have known better anyway, but I just didn't. And I should have told my buddy to shut up, but I'm human. And besides, maybe Michael Mann would love to hear about our amazing zombie comedy movie idea. So after a few seconds of waiting, my friend gets up from the table, walks over to the bathroom door, and he's waiting for Michael Mann, who is presently in the restaurant bathroom, and my friend is outside the door. Can you picture this? Um, 
I know it might sound a little bit far out. I wish I was making this up, but I'm, in fact, cringing. So my buddy is waiting and waiting and waiting, checking his phone, standing by the door, trying to pretend he's not actually waiting for Michael Mann. And after what seems like forever, we hear a flush. Michael Mann comes out of the bathroom, and without too much warning, my friend grabs Michael's freshly washed, damp hand, and he's like, Michael Mann, I love your work. Um, And then it was a little bit of radio silence. Michael pulls his hand back, and then it's a little bit of awkward silence, and Michael was like, thanks, and he walked out of the joint. Um, you know, and whenever this kind of stuff happens, I have a tendency to believe that everybody in the entire world is watching us make fools of ourselves, and maybe what I just described wasn't too cringe-worthy, but I'm telling you the scene was totally awkward. So anyway, that's my Michael Mann story. Uh, like I said, it was before I made my first feature, before I worked in film distribution and all the other stuff that I talk about. I was still trying to figure stuff out. So what's the lesson here? The lesson is don't wait for celebrated directors outside of bathrooms. It's creepy and it's probably not good for business. So let's fast forward. So after our first feature started to gain notoriety and I was sharing uh, my movie marketing ideas online through filmmaking stuff, I actually started the blog um, after our first feature to tell other people how we were doing stuff. Um, I met a friend of a friend who's been reading my stuff, and, and it was actually at a party. It was one of those nights where, you know, you don't really feel like going out or talking to anybody because it requires way too much energy. Um, most likely, you just want to stay home and marathon something good on Netflix. But anyway, you go out anyway uh, because there's probably some free beer in the prospect of meeting the love of your life. By the way, this was back when I was single. I'm now engaged. Um, you might have heard that in an earlier podcast. So anyway, I go to this party. And instead of meeting some sort of attractive woman, I meet this dude who's been reading my articles and he's congratulating me on making a feature film. And then he asked for a few tips. And I'm like, where are you in the process? Do you have a finished script, a budget, any money? And he starts telling me about um, a short that he wrote and directed that he posted online and a prospective investor noticed it. And as a result, the investor has offered to produce his first feature. And I'm saying to this guy, I'm like, that's awesome. And this guy, I kid you not, he's like, no, not really. Now, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to share with you now, um, I am changing the stories a little bit uh, to protect the innocent, but you're going to get the general point of it. It sounds completely illogical. So you ready for this? Um, so this is similar to how the conversation went down. So, so I asked him something like, what do you mean? How can it be bad that you've uncovered the holy grail of all film producers, you found an investor who wants to give you money. And and his response was his prospective investor would fund the movie, but she is only willing to offer a million dollars. Now, I again, I changed names and I may have changed the gender to protect the innocent. And I might be talking about a really good friend here. Um, but just it's important for me to share this with you because this conversation or one very similar to this did happen. And I'm just... Um, it can't happen to you. So what's the problem? I asked this guy. And the problem was he needs $5 million to make his movie. And I was like, you can't make a $1 million movie? And then he was like, no, are you crazy? I'd have to rewrite the script or do a completely different movie. And I was like, well, what about finding another investor? No, nope, this lady's good for it. She just refuses to invest any more than a million. So anyway, I went home that night baffled. Um, I'm still friends with this guy and still a little bit baffled. And um, <laughs> So what's the problem here? Somebody comes up to you, they offer a million dollars, and you're not creative enough to figure out how to bend that into a feature film. 
there's something else going on, right? And that's why I was asking you whether or not you ever made it, uh, ever met an excuseaholic. So here, here's here's a philosophy that I want to share with you, and, I, and I'm sure you probably subscribe to it. Otherwise, why are you listening to this podcast? But I believe that it is far better to get a movie made rather than focus on all the reasons why you can't make a movie, right? Isn't it better to get something made rather than focus on reasons why you can't get it made? So, you know, I've had the same conversation since that night with that uh, person at least a dozen times. It always ends the same. Uh, He refuses to alter the script and not surprising the prospective investor refuses to offer anything more than a million dollars. And again, this is what I call being an excuseaholic. Somebody, me included, by the way, I'm guilty of this myself, where you let your own limited thinking get in the way of otherwise awesome, and I mean awesome, opportunity. Now, you're a smart filmmaker. I'm sure of it. I'm sure you could take that money and make more than one feature film. You could probably make four or five feature films out of a million dollars. Now, I'm not saying that they would be the best movies ever made. And obviously, if you're going to make a low-budget movie, it has to be a good low-budget movie. Otherwise, it's not you know worth it for anybody's time. But I'm just assuming that you would have done more with that opportunity than make a bunch of excuses. So, you know, in future podcasts, I want to talk to you more about finding movie investors. Um, finding investors, by the way, is a, is a huge challenge, but it's not as hard as people make it out to be. And I'll probably share with you more about my buddy, Tom Malloy. Um, he's the one who's raised over $25 million to fund his own indie movies. And one of the things that he says is like, look, there's all these people that put so much effort into crowdfunding. You could put half the effort into what you put into crowdfunding and go after like you know, traditional real investors and actually get them to invest, you know, probably more, um, you'd probably do a lot more for less effort. Um, but anyway, before we go there, I want to, I want to get back to the point of our conversation today. Uh, here's a, a personal filmmaking question for you to ponder. You ready for this one? Why haven't you made your first feature yet? Seriously, why haven't you made your first feature? So <laughs> give that one some time. Think about that. Why haven't you made your first feature? And everything that comes to your mind right now, those are your excuses. So outside of my question, you know, I don't have a whole lot else for you today. Uh, I just really want to get you thinking about your own mindset. And if you take some time to answer the question as to why haven't you made your first feature, you know, you're going to see exactly what's holding you back. Um, And in a, in a future podcast, too, I want to talk to you about uh, how we went from making shorts to making our first feature. Um, but, you know, I, I'll bring that up next time. Um, anyway, it was great chatting with you. If you want some more professional filmmaking, um, well, l- let me share one thing with you. Uh, I put together a program called 101 Short Film Ideas. Now, everybody always like comes back and they're like, I don't need, I don't need 101 Short Film Ideas. I want to come up with my own ideas. Well, I set it up sort of like Mad Libs where I kind of leave a blank and I'm like, uh, you know, th- I come up with like just three quarters of an idea, but you fill in the rest or you take another idea and combine it with this. Um, I'm not saying that 101 Short Film Ideas is the answer that's going to win you an Oscar. But what it's going to do is, let's say next weekend's coming, um, you're not sure what to do. Well, why don't you pull a short film idea out of the book, alter the idea to make it your own, go out and shoot that, make a two-minute short this weekend. Um, If you want to check that out, type in on your computer, type in 100, well, 
it wouldn't be that. It would be 101shortfilmideas.com. So 101shortfilmideas.com. That stands for 101shortfilmideas.com. Hopefully you can find it. If you can't, shoot me a quick email. I'm always available for you, Jason, at filmmakingstuff.com. It's been great chatting with you. Talk to you on the next filmmaking podcast. Hopefully these are helpful. I love love it, by the way, when you leave uh, reviews and say things about me. Um, on the iTunes page, that can only help us both. Um, anyway, uh, you can tell I'm very excited today. Lots of, lots of good stuff. So anyway, take action and make your movie now.